Hey everyone, welcome to episode 16 of In Bed with Shauna. In this episode, I share a story time rant about a gift from Santa that was later robbed by the cops. I also give an update on the last episode, tell you how to hack the honeymoon phase, preach the benefits of if you can't beat them, join them, and venture into my DMs to answer your questions. Thanks for listening. Oh, and as always, if you're related to me or you know me and we don't already talk about sex, please leave. This isn't a space for you. Don't be creepy. Okay, let's get into it. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope that everybody had a great Christmas or holiday, whatever it is you celebrate. And um, I hope everybody is looking forward to this new year because I know I am because 2018 um, pretty much sucked ass. So, yeah, I'm very excited about a new year. I wanted to start off by telling you a little story of what happened to me over Christmas. Basically, I was visited by Santa Claus and then robbed by the police. So, um, if you don't know, which I don't know why you would know, but I have a fear of cops. I'm very afraid of them and I pretty much hate them because I feel like they abuse their power. Yes, there's some nice ones, but I think if... I think that if the nice ones really cared, they would hold the bad ones accountable, and they don't. They protect them. So, yeah. Anyway, this just kind of adds to my dislike for them. So, a few days before Christmas, well, wait, let me back up. First of all, you know, I'm jobless and depressed and, you know, just going through it over here, broke as hell with three kids, okay? And teenagers. Teenagers are expensive. So, it's a few days before Christmas, and we barely have any money, and I'm, like, trying to figure out how I'm gonna spread this between three kids, and, uh, plus buy food, and pay rent, and my PG&E, and all of that. So, um, all of a sudden, this guy that I used to work with, um, who moved back down to LA, he was just working with us for, um, a temporary situation. Anyway, he, um, messaged me and asked me if I needed Christmas money. And I was like, oh my God, yes, I do. And I never did anything with this guy. Okay. We flirted or whatever, but never, nothing ever happened. And so he sends me money, several hundred dollars, okay? And I was so relieved and just so grateful. And 
happy that I could actually buy my kids Christmas presents and pay my bills at the same time. Like, you have no idea. So, like, the next day, I go with my mom and my daughter and her friend and we go to, we're pulling into the mall, right? My husband calls me and says my car is impounded. Mind you, my car is like having trouble. I have replaced the motor. I have replaced the transmission. That car has cost me a lot. I love my car so much, but it's cost me a lot of money and it's still got problems I have to fix, but can't afford, obviously. So he calls me and tells me my car's been impounded and I'm like, wait, what? Like I'm thinking repoed and I'm like, that shit's paid off. I don't know what you're talking about. And so basically what happened was my husband was coming home from work and he made an unsafe air quotes, unsafe lane change. Cop pulls him over and wants, um, you know, proof of insurance. Well, my insurance, like you have it on an app nowadays, you know? Well, my husband never downloaded the app. I don't even know. I probably didn't tell him to. I didn't think about it, whatever. I don't know. So, and I also thought I should print that off because I have a cop envelope in my car. Okay. Cause I get so scared of the police that I have to, um, put my registration and my insurance in this bright yellow envelope in my glove box so that I can find it easily because I have gotten a ticket of no proof of registration or something like that before because I was so scared of the cop that I couldn't find the paper even though it was in there so yeah so I have this cop envelope so I should have printed it out and put it in there but I don't have a printer again because I'm poor so yeah so there was no proof of insurance. So then the cop goes back, does some stuff, comes back, tells my husband that he was either intentionally or unintentionally lying to him, which there's no such thing as an unintentional lie because lie, the definition of lying is to intentionally deceive, but whatever. And uh, obviously he wasn't an English major, but uh, because, okay, so when your insurance lapse mine had lapsed a couple months ago because I'm broke and I can't pay everything. I'm like really struggling. So it elapsed and then I got a note from the DMV saying, hey, if you don't reinstate your insurance, we're going to suspend your registration. I'm like, oh no, I can't have that, you know, because I'm afraid of cops for one thing. So I go, I reinstate my insurance. Everything's fine. Well, I thought I had caught it in time, but apparently not, because if you don't, like, if they, if they do suspend it, then you have to pay a $14 reinstatement fee or something. So I didn't realize that that had happened. So the cop comes back and tells my husband that he lied and that a registration is suspended for no insurance and da 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 so he's gonna write him a ticket for the unsafe lane change and the um no insurance and no registration and he's gonna tow my car so my husband after working 10 hours has to walk home carrying a ham that his employer gave him 
in the like cold rain weather okay mean mind you this is a saturday at 4 30 okay before christmas and he's calling me this was right before i went into the mall to buy my kids christmas presents so i go i check the dmv sure enough that's what the problem was i pay the 14 dollars. i call the police station and when i checked my insurance to make sure my insurance was valid it was so then i call the police station they tell me my husband has to come down there with 54 dollars in cash no other way in cash and they'll give them him the release to get the car out meanwhile my husband calls the impound people and they tell him oh it's gonna be i don't remember what they first quoted him like four hundred dollars to get the car out we're like for real like so i call the police and tell them hey i have insurance like this is not even like a thing so anyways so my husband has to go down there i send him the proof of insurance and the proof that i oh first the lady wasn't even gonna let me she was like well you'll have to bring in an, a letter from dmv i was like well dmv is closed and they send you the letter two weeks after you make the payment so can't i just give you my email receipt she puts me on hold comes back i was like oh i guess we can do that because if i don't get my car out right now it's gonna cost 75 dollars a day after this so <clears throat> which money i don't do not have and then uh she so i send all this stuff to my husband he goes down there he pays the 54 dollars. they don't even ask for the proof of insurance they don't ask for proof of anything they just want his money don't tell me that's not shady how can you impound a car for no insurance registration and then not ask for proof of that to get it out that's bullshit so then so my husband has to figure all this out call the tow truck guys gotta meet him there it's dark it's you know like we have to figure out transportation to even get to the impound place it's way far out and long story short i guess it's still not short because i'm still talking but uh i had to pay every dollar i had to get the car out so not only was that the christmas money but that was also my electric bill money so now so then i couldn't buy my kids any christmas presents none so they just had whatever my mom got them thank god for her you know but that was devastating and for nothing because i didn't know about a 14 dollar fee that's it i mean yeah i should have been more on top of it and i shouldn't have let my insurance lapse but dude it's not like i do this shit on purpose like so yeah that's the story about how um oh and then then i get in my car christmas eve and I see that the, they had tagged my car. They painted on my windshield the police department. It says, it says my city, PD, blah, 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 and some numbers in red-ass paint that I can't get off my freaking window. So mad. Like, you can't put a little paper tag on it? You got it right on the window? 
I hate them so much. I mean, it's just obvious, like, that whole thing. I mean, it costs, like, $500 because of a $14 fee. Had that cop discussed things with my husband and not treated him like a piece of shit, and my husband would have been able to call me and clarify what was going on, I could have said, sir, that doesn't seem right. Here's my, I can send my husband the proof of insurance. It was, it's probably this. And be like, here, I'll pay it right now. Like, it could have been avoided. Like, if I was there, it could have, maybe I probably wouldn't have been able to think because I can't think around the cops because they're just evil. Anyways, that's my story. I had to just rant about it because it just ruined my Christmas. It was, I was so happy and then so sad. This is bullshit. Anyways, so moving on to um, lighter topics. Alright, so I listen to a lot of sexuality-based podcasts. And I listen to, like, the ones where they call in and ask questions and stuff like that. And I started to realize that I kind of take for granted what I know. And I I assume that other people know the same things that I do. But I guess it's not normal to study sexuality all of the time. Because people just ask questions that I think are so basic, but because a lot of people ask them, maybe they're not so basic, and I just kind of don't realize uh, what people don't know. And I also realized from a few comments that I've gotten that some people may not get exactly where I am coming from, where my kind of point of view on things falls so I thought I would just quickly kind of go over my belief system if you will or my background and to kind of show you where I'm forming my opinions from maybe uh so so yeah so I've studied sexuality from the time gosh I was probably 12 checking books out from the library on like reproduction and I've always always as far back as I can remember I have been fascinated by sexuality and reproduction and the whole thing just completely fascinated um I've been married twice still currently married I've been in open relationships that have not worked and I've been in open relationships that have worked. So I kind of know the the strong points and the pitfalls. I have been cheated on about 100,000 times throughout my life. Um, I've been the person that people have cheated with. So I feel like I've seen cheating from about every angle that there is. Bill Moore once said that men are as loyal as their options and I very much believe that that is true and I don't want to sound like I don't think that women cheat because they do. They just don't admit it as often. Um, We're more sneaky about it but men do do it more than women do 
Um, not a lot, but they do. And even men you don't think would, they do. And uh, I will get into why, like the situation that made me finally just realize they all have a weakness. But yeah, that's a story for another time. Anyways, I've also had friends with benefits, just casual hookups, one night stands, all of that kind of thing. So I kind of know the same thing, like what to what to look out for, how to not get attached and uh, things like that. And lastly, true love is not something I believe in. I don't. It's not that love doesn't exist. I think that falling in love is a chemical reaction in your brain. There's really not more to it than that. And I think that we do pair bond, but is that love? I think that love is more something like a conscious effort into um, working to stay with somebody. It's not a feeling. Um, this, the closest I think to true love there is, is a mother's love for her child. But at the same time, that's also very primal and just a bonding mechanism and protection and what have you. But I really think that that's more of a true love than any relationship could ever be. So in summary, I just don't think that anyone's loyal. I think that men, I hate to say it, men are scandalous, but it, they're scandalous in a different way than women are. That's, that's the thing is, and I see the problems with women. Don't get me wrong. Like I totally, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is that men can't be honest because women don't allow them to be honest because whatever they say, women are going to twist and make it, take it personal and so they just lie because they don't want to get into a fight or be misunderstood or, you know, for it to be taken the wrong way. So I think that th that's a big problem that women contribute to. I think that if women took the truth better, men would be more honest. So, yeah, that's what I think. Now that we got that out of the way, I want to talk about the last episode kind of a continuation because something happened with he who we don't speak of randomly um he the same day I uploaded that episode that evening I got a message from him and you know we talked about, you know, oh, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. Um, back and forth a little bit. And then he tells me basically to, I should divorce my husband and he'll marry me. And usually when he tells me he loves me and blah, all that, I just kind of, I don't, 
no, you don't. You're crazy, whatever. And I laugh it off. I mean, I was still doing that, but I hate it when he says that shit because it just like, it just like stabs me in the heart because I, I don't know. It's like, I love that he's saying it, but I know, first of all, it's not going to happen. And second of all, that it's just not real. I don't know. It, it just gets me. So, um, the next day, I'm not going to get into what the whole thing was, but I'm just going to say there was an interaction with him and I, it's hard to even put this into words, but there's this thing with him and I'm pretty sure I talked about it before, but where, you know, okay, we're going to talk about the honeymoon phase, the infatuation phase where you're obsessed with a person, you have intrusive thinking, like you cannot stop thinking about them, thinking about them makes you happy, it's like you're drunk on this like love cloud and it blinds you to reality and it makes you just obsessed with them but it feels good okay that whole phase if I see him or apparently have some sort of interaction with him I I get like that and I tell you after that happened all of that just came flooding back and I haven't had that in a long time and I could feel it in every part of me like I could feel it in the way I walked just how I carried myself I just felt like somebody breathed the life back into me like all of a sudden like my skin had more color and my hair was shinier and like I don't know. It was just insane. And it that lasted a couple days. This is all happening when this whole Christmas shenanigans were going down too. So, you know, this happened right before I got that money. So I was just on cloud nine there for a minute. And, you know, a couple days started to go by. And then it started to turn into this, this almost like, you know, I don't know if, if you've had somebody die close to you, there's this ache in your heart and you're just, I feel like that's where your soul is. I don't know, but because there's just this spot in my chest, which is not my heart, but where I just feel this ache or this like emptiness. And I started to feel that, like a longing, I don't know, but I started to feel that and it started to feel uncomfortable and I didn't like the feeling anymore. And so I, I knew I had to do something about it. So before I go on here want to kind of explain some things that I 
I've been learning. So I've been recently really studying up on um, evolutionary psychology as it pertains to sexuality. And there's a lot of things that are just going on at a, le a biological evolutionary level that trick you into thinking that something is something else. Like we call it, oh, I'm in love, but really it's just your body is trying to reproduce. That's all that's happening. I mean, first we have physical attraction. So just, you know, a symmetrical face, things that a person puts out that you see subconsciously as good genes that you would like to reproduce with. There's also a person's smell, which I think I talked about in the last episode, I'm not sure, but you know that women can smell a certain scent that has been shown that the people that women find the smell to be very attractive are men who have the different immunity genes than they do or something like that so that it, it will create a more healthy offspring and this is all happening we don't even know it but that's going to draw you into somebody also I talked about last episode obstacles there's always been obstacles with this person so that makes you desire them more it's like a Romeo and Juliet effect hard to get I mean that's kind of like an obstacle as well but a challenge a chase you know obviously that's desirable the interval reward system which I talked about the giving and taking away of attention or affection or you know just the text here or there and to spike that feeling that I was talking about but then how it fades and it's like you need it back you, it, and then they'll give it to you back it's it's seriously like a drug and they've done studies to where it shows that people who are in love the same spots of their brain light up that would light up if they were addicted to like drugs like heroin or cocaine or something like that they've also showed that people who are grieving a breakup the centers of their brain that register actual physical pain are lighted up are lit up I think that that's that's so interesting but you know that's just me <sighs> anyway so the thing is what I'm trying to get across this episode's going to be everywhere just so you know <laughs> what I'm trying to get across is because I've been studying all this recently and because I was like all of a sudden consumed by this honeymoon phase feeling I knew what it was I knew it wasn't real and that my body was just, and my mind was tricking me into something. I was just being flooded by these hormones that were making me feel such a way that they didn't need to and I could try and stop it. And that is what I did. But I have to tell you a little story first. This is going to be the story of someone we will call Danielle. I'll try to make this story as short as possible, but I promise there is a lesson in here to learn. So this all happens back when I was seeing He Who We Don't Speak Of. There was this girl 
who frequented this house where all his friends hung out. I never went there, but because it was in another town, but everybody all hung out there and smoked weed and whatever. And there was this girl that was there, Danielle. And I remember his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, whatever she was at the time, um, telling me, you know, just talking shit about her basically and basically about how she was, she was pretty sure that he was fucking her and all this and just basically how she was jealous of her and she didn't like her because she thought that she was a slut and, you know, I'm thinking she sounds like my type of girl, but I didn't say that. So one day I get this idea, you know what, I'm just going to hit her up. So I think, yeah, back in this day, because I'm old, um, we had MySpace. So this was like the beginning of Facebook and Facebook was very like, I don't know, for clean, prudish, like uptight people or something. That's how I looked at it. So um, anyways, I hit her up on MySpace and I was just like, I think I like friended her and then I was like hey um looks like we're friends with the same people la 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 and <clears throat> and uh she wrote me back and we just started talking um come to find out she was into girls um I'm into girl well I'm just I don't like to label myself as anything because I just think sexuality is so fluid but um at the time I would have labeled myself by so you know, so we're just chatting and come to find out, she starts telling me about how she was with he who don't speak of. And then I told her about me being with him. And we just started talking about him and what we liked about him and what we didn't like about him. And it totally made what could have been, I could have went about it and just hated her from a distance and been jealous of her and and suspicious of her and you know what women typically do but instead because I decided to reach out to her I ended up gaining a friend uh you know I had we bonded we were still friends and I think that women women in their competitiveness really miss out we're on the same team you know there's no need because men don't sorry but men don't really pick one woman over another it doesn't really happen they like them all yeah they might marry one but then they're still gonna go cheat with the other girl because she did things in bed that the other girl didn't you know what I mean like they're not but they might like something different about this other girl that they married but it's a trade-off but they still like them all it's it's not a competition it really isn't but for some reason we think it is and uh so yeah I just think that 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 really taught me something And I just, I mean, it got to the point where we would send pictures back and forth. 
Like, I remember there was this one picture that I deleted and I freaking hate myself for it. I may have even talked about it last episode. Who knows? I can't remember anything. It might have. Well, maybe I. Oh, no. Okay. Anyway, there was this picture where it was just him on, on my couch and I had his dick in my hand and I took a picture and I sent it to her and I was like, huh, look what I got. And she says something funny back, you know? And then one time she was over here after all of this years later when he was all on his drug binge and when I wasn't really talking to him and uh, she told me she was going to go hook up with him. And I was like, send me pictures. And she did. She sent me pictures, like, of her with him. It just, I don't know. It's, and eventually she did, she ended up, uh, her and my husband hooked up, which she told me about, not him, because we have don't ask, don't tell. So he's not going to just tell me, but her and I, we have a tell relationship. So, yeah, I just, I I'm happy that because I decided to do that, I have a very unique friendship with her. And, you know, I have a friend that has had my same mental sexuality level and doesn't judge me for anything I do. I could tell her anything. And, you know, I could tell her, hey, I just had sex with a football team and she would, you know, praise me on it and not judge me for it. So it's nice to have that. And I wouldn't have had that had I been jealous and petty so that's the lesson don't be jealous and petty reach out to people and make friends be kind to people and don't judge them that's my lesson for today no there's another lesson so this is how it all ties in i wrote something last year called euthanizing your heart and let me just read it to you real quick there comes a time When you need to prepare yourself for the inevitable emotional torture that lies in wait for you in a relationship, some may choose not to prepare themselves and instead decide to live in ignorant bliss until the moment of wretched heartbreak hits. But there are those of us who have learned over time that there is a way to protect yourself. Most in a typical, normal, seemingly monogamous relationship will opt to hope for the best and deal with the destruction when the time comes. But those of us with open eyes to the reality of relationships do something different. We slowly and purposely kill our own heart to protect it. This can many times be done easily just by asking the questions you don't want answers to. And when you ask these questions, it is extremely important that you do not react. For example, asking a man you're dating something that would bother you, like maybe who he thought was the best lover he ever had, other than you, of course. Something small that would make you feel uncomfortable, but you cannot ever show that discomfort. This is most helpful when you are simply seeing someone, when there have been no promises of sexual exclusivity. These are the most heart-safe relationships, but it can also be one of the most dangerous if you are not careful. I personally start off assuming as if what I would find to be the worst is already happening, and then I confirm it. How many girls did you hook up with on your vacation? If you ask it right and he believes you are not exclusive, he will probably tell you the truth. But you must ask without any negative tone in your voice 
almost with a sexy tone as if you're coming on to him. Make him think it may even possibly turn you on to know about it. When he admits to it, when he gives you the answer you did not want to hear, you mustn't flinch. This is what you will build upon. If you do it right, soon he will be describing his sexual exploits to you in detail. This will bother you, but it will hurt less each time. I was once so good at this that I had a man sending me pictures of him with other women. And you know what? He never lied to me. I trusted him and I always knew where we stood. There were no games and my heart never fell into a place it didn't belong. By introducing these small amounts of pain, little by little, you build a tolerance and eventually your heart will slowly become harder and harder until it ultimately goes into sleep, leaving you protected and immunized against a broken heart. Okay, I know that sounds a little bit dark, but it's the truth and it works and it just is how it is. And hopefully that gives you a little bit more insight into the way my brain thinks. So anyways, because I was familiar with doing this and because I knew my mind and body was playing a trick on me and I was all in this haze of stupid that I wanted to stop, I decide, okay, so basically I have to knock this out. I have to take away one of the things that's making me feel like this and so I hit up my friend Danielle and I tell her what's going on about the interaction I had with him and we have this discussion and basically she's been having interactions with him too and she explained what's going on between them to me and I explained what's going on between me and him to her and like we always do and poof it was gone because I think number one there's all these things that contribute to it you know the obstacles and the hard to get and the blah 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 okay one of them is desire and being desired above all others so I think what happened was when I find out that he's being with her like he is being with me it took that one out and just I mean it's not totally dead it didn't, but it pulled me out of that and I was like wow yeah this is what's going on okay now I'm back back to sanity and I think you know I've never thought that he loves me ever I've always thought he's just saying that to be manipulative but I think he loves that I love him so even if he thinks that he does love me which I don't think he does but if he does he loves that I love him it's not me he doesn't even know me I mean, because I'm so in that fog and stupid when I'm around him, I'm not even myself. So he doesn't even know who I am to even be able to love me. It's just, yeah. So anyways, 
yeah, so that's how you do that. If you're all in honeymoon phase being stupid, you just have to remove one of the cues that your body is telling you this is somebody you need to reproduce with. So you just look for reproduction cues and try and knock them out and make them untrue. And bam, you're cured. I'm a genius. I know. All right. Time to get into these DMs because I have been neglecting them and they have piled up beyond belief. So I haven't looked at any of them. Usually I look at them ahead of time and answer people's questions ahead of time, um, just back and forth, but this time I have not. So we're going to, um, be surprised together of what's in here. So let's, let's go open Instagram here. So this guy's asking, so your hubby is okay with you talking outside love? Yes, I do what I want. Uh, why were you alone yesterday? Did I say I was alone? I don't remember saying I was alone. I'm never alone. Which is kind of annoying. How about you ask me a question? Um, no. What's the best position to give and receive oral? receive on your back give on your knees for me anyways okay whatever then oh we have a video i'm kind of scared <laughs> you know what though i have been having guys send me dick pics asking me to rate it which i don't mind doing that's kind of interesting men and their dick pics crack me up i'm not offended by them i think they're funny okay let's see what this video is you know, 99% sure it's somebody jacking off, but let's see. Oh, yep. Uh-huh. Waggling it around. He has some cute bracelets on. His hands are nice. Legs are in the picture. Legs aren't cute, guys, just FYI. Oh, he's edited it. It's got, like, a border. It's very cute. Okay. Let's see. This one... Hello, beautiful. Are you with that sexiness love? It, how you doing? Wait, what? Hello, beautiful. Are you with that sexiest love? Don't understand what you're saying. That one just says, hey. I'm not going to answer anything that just says, hey. Um, let's see. Oh, here's a photo. Yep, a dick. And it's all shiny. Oh, multiple pictures. Okay. From the upward angle, which tells me that you're insecure about the size, so you have to take a picture and make it look bigger. Here's another photo. Yep, another dick. Mm -hmm. There was nothing interesting about it. I really appreciated the other guy with his editing. 
Um, let's see, somebody replied to my story. Oh, because I put that they're, my boobs are real. What's So what's the size? And he puts milk bottles with it, like baby bottles. Ew. <laughs> they're double D, by the way, just if you want to know. This guy says maybe I'm the cougar he's looking for. Okay. Does this, does this timings vary depending on the region, say for different continents? What? No. So I told him that a woman needs 20 minutes of foreplay at least to be lubricated enough for comfortable intercourse. And he tells us to me, does the, t does this timings vary depending on the region, say for different continents? I hope he's joking. Good evening, gorgeous. I don't mean to offend you, but do you have any premium content for sale? Oh, sir. <laughs> I don't mean to offend you. <laughs> we'll talk later, sir. Okay. Oh, this person wants to know exactly what a sexuality guru is. Um, a sexuality guru is kind of like a beauty guru. You know, what do they do? They know a lot about makeup and how to apply it. I know a lot about sexuality and how to apply it. Um, fuck you are sexy. Please send nudes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dumbass. How do you look so gorgeous and sexy? How do I look so gorgeous and sexy? Um, face tune and Instagram filters. Happy New Year, beauty woman. Okay, thank you. What, well, this person wants to know if I'm a porn star? No, dude. Sex chat, question mark? Mm -hmm. No. Hey, how are you? I'm Dan. I'm only 22, but you're gorgeous. Oh, thank you, Dan. You're amazing. Your work is amazing. Are you doing this for a living? I wish. Hey, I'm sorry to ask, but are you, but are guys always supposed to feel horny? Um, I was seeing this girl with small tits and couldn't get hard easy. Is it something wrong with me? I wasn't that attracted to her, but I usually know guys get horny on anything. Hmm. Interesting question. Basically in sexuality, everything is normal. There is just a wide variety of, you know, there's like a base of things that people are attracted to just on a biological level. And then there's psychological things that kind of branch off from that. So I would assume that this is one of those psychological things. Um, men are typically more attracted to larger breasts because it gives the sense of fertility. But there's also this theory that we color our lips and enlarge our lips and enlarge our breasts because it mimics the butt which is kind of creepy to think about but it's a thing um so i would say that's normal and maybe you're masturbating to too many pictures of large breasts so that's like implanting in your brain ew this guy said mommy that's not cute this one says ma'am i have a tiny dick may i please talk to you now we're going to talk about tiny dicks in a future episode. 
concerning a certain person, but the problem that I have is because I like small dicks, people with small dicks tend to fetishize being um, made fun of for their small dick and put down for it, and I'm just not into doing that because I don't find it funny or anything to put someone down for. So it's kind of a weird combo that doesn't really fit together. So I don't know. I may talk to him just to see what happens, but this person just says, teach me. Mm, okay. Oh, this person, dude. Hey, I want to see you in nude. Please. Can you video call me, please? I want to fawn sex with you. What? Are you... Dude, I'm not a robot. <laughs> Men are so dumb. <laughs> oh, hey, gorgeous. How old are you? I'm 40. It says it on my profile. That's another thing, dudes. If you're going to message a girl and you didn't even take the time to read her little bio, then don't even bother messaging because you're automatically canceled. This guy wants to know why he likes cougars so much. I don't know. You tell me why. I'm 17 and my dick is just 10 centimeters. I had sex with two girls and they said their friend and they said to their friends that I was very good in bed. Can I trust it? So first of all, I had to Google what 10 centimeters was because I'm an American. I don't understand that. It is 3.937 inches. So I basically just told him that, yes, absolutely, that could be true. Best sex I ever had was with somebody who was very small. It's about how you use it, not the size of it. But on the other hand, I don't think that girls that age are entirely capable of knowing what good in bed actually means. Um, but then I just told him to just make sure that he's putting um, the girl's pleasure first and after that it'll be fine and that when you're that age it's just it's all about learning you know you're not supposed to be amazing at that age you gotta just learn what works what doesn't work what feels good what doesn't that women are completely different some girls like some things that other girls don't you just have to really you know ask what feels good and what doesn't don't just assume it and come up with a formula and perform it on everybody because usually that's not going to work. I mean, it might for just some basic vanilla sex that no one's going to talk about later. You know what I mean? And now he just asked me if I want to see. No, 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 sir. You're 17. And that's what's kind of difficult here is because I feel like it's really important to educate young boys because they have so much porn in their face that is just totally unrealistic and not how women want to have sex but but at the same time you know I can't be having 17 year olds send me dick pics because obviously that's like considered child porn so I have to be very careful like this is a teaching moment we're not nothing you gotta keep in your bounds there dude okay so we're gonna ignore him from now on <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess that's, that's all for right now. I'm done with that. Okay, I guess that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. 
Be sure to go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. That really helps me get noticed and it's free for you to do. If you want to support me, you can go to my blog, which is linked on my Instagram, theshawnawilliams.com, and find my Patreon link and support me on Patreon for a dollar a month. Hopefully, I will get a tax return this year, and I will be buying a mic and like a little setup as cheap as possible, but so that I have some sort of equipment besides my phone, because it's annoying. And at that point, I kind of want to start um, filming the podcast and putting it on YouTube or doing it live on Twitch or something. So that's the plan. Anyways, thanks for listening. Send me your questions if you have actual questions. Um, yeah. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 17 of In Bed with Shauna. In this episode, we're going to be talking about orgasms. I'm going to be doing a commentary on a clip from the podcast Sex with Emily and giving some of my insight on orgasms for women. Thank you so much for listening. If you're related to me or you know me personally and we do not already talk about my sex life, please leave. This is not the space for you. All right, let's get into it. currently editing this episode and I just wanted to pop in here and let you guys know that the darkness has returned. He followed me on Twitter. So I think that was the last social media place where he hadn't tried to follow me. So I blocked him again. And if you remember, he told my husband that he hadn't done all that. He didn't try to follow me everywhere or email me that his accounts got hacked. All of his accounts got hacked and they all hunted me down and said things to me that only he would know to say. So yeah, apparently somebody hacked his Twitter now. So yeah, I blocked him. Uh, Like why do you not get the clue? Do you not get the hint that I keep blocking you for a reason? I don't want you in my life.
Like if he wanted to say something to me, if he actually had something of value to say to me, because uh, we are family. I mean, we are related. He could get that through his sister. He could tell her to tell me something like that. So obviously he's up to no good. And he needs to understand that um, he's been replaced by he who we don't speak of. So I don't want to have anything to do with him. It's not going to happen. If you're listening to this, because obviously I can't block him from listening to my podcast. So if you are listening to this and you really want to stalk me that bad, then you need to go make fake accounts and follow me with a fake name so that I don't know it's you. Just saying, like, if you want to go through that much trouble, then be my guest. But I'm not going to knowingly allow you to creep on me. Okay, thanks. Because this episode is going to be orgasm based, I thought I'd start off by reading you a few statistics on orgasms. So first we have 43% of women are more likely to orgasm if they are on top during sex. 72% of women have experienced a time when their partner had an orgasm but made no attempt to help them finish. 72%. Hello. It takes the average woman 10 to 20 minutes to reach orgasm. So if you're worried about not lasting long enough, there you go. You need to last 10 to 20 minutes. But not technically because, like we'll get into, penetration isn't the whole shebang. So 15% of women experience multiple orgasms. 75% of lesbian women orgasm during sex with a consistent partner. A woman's threshold of pain increases by 107% during an orgasm. That's crazy. 57% of women orgasm most times or every time they have sex with a partner. So that's 57% compared to, what was it, like 72% of lesbian women? 67% of women have faked an orgasm. Damn, that's a lot. Don't do that. 10% of women have never had an orgasm. 10%. Wow. 70% of women need clitoral stimulation to orgasm. 70% need this. There, now you're educated on orgasms. So basically what you learn from those statistics is that women who are with men are not orgasming enough. And it's not men's fault. They're just not educated right. They just, we need to make, they need to just start making porn more realistic so that men kind of get a clue of what's happening. And then women don't feel like they have to hold up to these expectations of putting on a show that isn't even feeling good to them. It's such a waste of time. Okay, so I just got out of the shower and got dressed, got my coffee in my Evil Queen cup and got all settled in to start recording. I have the house to myself and just getting all ready to go and I pick up my phone and lo and behold I have a message from he who we don't speak of and I was gonna just 
go ahead and start recording and open it with you. But when I went and checked my other notifications, I saw that it just said, hey. And for right now, I'm just ignoring that. We're going to pretend we didn't see that because as soon as I saw that, I just, I almost felt sick. See, and that's what, like, he doesn't get, or maybe he does get it, maybe he doesn't care, I don't know, but that I don't not talk to him because I don't like him or because I don't care for him very deeply. I don't talk to him because I do and because, one, it's not going to go anywhere. I love my husband and I want to be with my husband. Two, even if it did go somewhere, like, where exactly is it going to go? He's in prison and a total crazy person love him so much but he's a crazy person so and a player and just my feelings for him are not good for me so that's why I don't talk to him and I want to get all stupid feeling again but yeah just the sight of that made me just oh no no I'm not in the mind space to be handling that right now. So, yeah, we're going to pretend it never happened. And we're just going to move along. He's probably talking to some other bitch right now because I didn't reply to him. Otherwise, he would have been blowing up my phone. All right. So before we get into this episode, I just wanted to uh, mention a couple of things that happened that got on my nerves and I thought were a little interesting. I went to dinner with my kids and my mom for her birthday. And we were all sitting around the table talking about I don't even know what. And somehow sex came up. I have no idea why. And my mom says, sex is private. People shouldn't talk about it. And I was like, wait, what? No, out of the mouth of my own mother. I just cannot believe the... I'm I'm so lucky that I didn't listen to what she said because, you know, growing up, I never thought that way. I've just always been very open in, in, in that area. I just... And I've had so many talks with her and I cannot believe that she would say that. It's her generation being such prudes, even though she was like part of the sexual revolution, right? Like why, I don't know. I feel like it's it's their prudishness that led to where we are now. Like we don't even know about our own bodies. We don't know, at least women don't. I mean, men are, their bodies are pretty simple, but women's are pretty complicated and they don't teach us anything about it in school. They teach us about our periods. Like, who cares? We can figure that shit out, you know? We're so much more complicated than our periods. Like, really? I just couldn't believe she said that. It horrified me. If I can't change my own mother's mind, what am I even doing? Well, at least I have my children. We talk about everything. Nothing is a taboo topic around this house. So, hopefully I could at least open the minds of future generations and not can perpetuate this insanity. 
Also, the same day, my mom's talking to me, and she says that my aunt, her sister, called her up to wish her a happy birthday and was asking her about me and that she saw this in bed with Shauna and what's that all about and yada, yada, yada. And that made me pissed because, first of all, I'm 40 years old. I'll do what I want. Second of all, I'm 40 years old and you're 60 years old. If you have a question of about what I'm doing, you can ask me, not run behind my back and go talk to my mommy. That's just, ugh, that's so dumb. So I blocked her off my Instagram. Like I knew she was following me and she wasn't really saying anything. She would like a couple posts here and there. So I figured it was whatever, but that was just childish. And I say most of the time when I remember at the beginning of every episode, if you're related to me, to not listen because let's be real, although I think it's great to talk about sex sometimes in a family setting, it's awkward. Like I talk to my kids about sex, but I'm not going to talk to them about my sex because that's weird and we get creeped out about it, you know? So... I don't know. I just thought that that was, I don't know. It was annoying. <laughs> so yeah, her ass got blocked. Anyways, all that stuff aside, I think that's all I just wanted to mention that's going on, I think. Yeah. Okay. So in this episode, I want to uh, do a little bit of a commentary on another podcast because uh, first of all, I love the pod podcast Sex with Emily. She's a good balance, I think. There's a lot of sex podcasters out there that I listen to and they all have their own kind of little twist on things. Um, you know, she is very balanced, I think. And I really look up to her. She's a little bit more on the romantic side than I am. But she's not crazy all political like Dan Savage is. So she's she's a good balance. And she gives some really good information for women and for men to learn about women. And this episode really spoke to me and I have a lot to say about it. And I don't know if I'm allowed to use this audio I don't know how that all works, so I'm claiming fair use because I'm going to do a commentary on it, and I will link the episode in the show notes, and just go listen to her podcast, Sex with Emily. It's really fun, lighthearted, educational. You learn a lot about sex toys, and um, you know, she takes call-ins and stuff like that. She's also on XM, XFM radio. I don't know. I don't do satellite radio crap, so I have no idea, but yeah, I highly recommend it. Anyways, so let's just take a listen. So anyway, while I was lying in bed this morning listening to the rain, which we don't get a lot of thunder and lightning and rain. It's just really comforting. And I was reading this article and it kind of pissed me off, to be honest. And it was talking about how men feel more satisfied 
when their partner gets off in bed, which is great, right? I was like, oh, this is good. Men show, you know, this percentage of men show that they're really excited when their par- female partners have orgasms. But then I kept reading and said, it's not necessarily that they're happy their partner got off and got pleasure, but because they felt more masculine. They felt more manly. Like, I did that. And that, and that is just true. Men are so much their ego And I think that, I don't know, the world kind of wants to pretend that they're not, but they are, especially when it comes to sex. You know, the the idea that men give you an orgasm, mm, no. (laughs) Trust me, if men gave orgasms, then women wouldn't have such trouble having them. Just to say that, that this article did skew younger. It was like 25-year-old men was the average age. And so then I had another uptick in my heart. I felt better, and I thought, oh, well, I believe that men do mature, and women, God knows, we mature over time, and we realize that we really want, we truly want our partners to have happiness and joy and orgasms. But, you know, there's, I've been thinking about this, because we do, I read so many studies, and I've been studying this for a long time, and after reading that, it made me realize that so many people aren't really caring about female orgasms, including women, in the sense of it's misunderstood because we want them, we desire them, but the way that we go about them can be really confusing to women because we're told that, well, first of all, from like what we learn, very little we learn in sex education, let's say we learn through porn or movies, we mostly see women having orgasms through penetration. Like, Mm -hmm. Like, we're talking about heterosexual sex. Let me do a side note here that there's been so many great studies lately that show that people in same-sex relationships have way more... Women, so women who are lesbians, with other women, obviously, they have way more orgasms. Like, they have orgasms off the charts. Yeah, I think it's like... It's like 85% it's like 85% of the time they're orgasming. Right. So so then it goes to show you that women, the good news here is that we can have orgasms. We just want... My job on the planet is to make sure that women figure out their own bodies and what feels good and they go after their orgasms they they like realize that it's not necessarily going to come through penetration and then the other thing i got re-angered like re re-agitated about this morning was that i kind of had a loss for the younger my younger self in my 20s which really did think that i really believed that something was wrong with me because i wasn't having that orgasm that way and i thought that's something that i think a lot of girls thought and maybe it's better now because we have the internet and we have things like this and podcasts and youtube videos and all this kind of um resources to educate ourselves if we so choose but i know that that wasn't available in my 20s and you did you saw it on movies and on porn that just penetrative sex and women are having these orgasms all over the place and you aren't and you wonder it's almost like you feel like the sensation that you're supposed to have your vagina doesn't have it like your vagina is numb to the world or something that something is up with you and obviously you don't want to go to the doctor and be like um, something's wrong with my vagina. I'm not having orgasms, you know, and I think that you know that there's something 
missing because you can have orgasms yourself when you masturbate but then during sex you're not so you're like there's a missing piece there and I don't know what it is that my like I was having orgasms during masturbation but I thought like something was broken that I didn't have an orgasm in a normal way and so or in the normal way that was the right way and so but now I realized in a way it served me because it drove me into this career where I was like, I will have orgasms. I will not fake it. So um, I know there are plenty of people out there who do care about their partner's orgasms. But again, I didn't realize it until later in life. And that's why I always say like, and this goes for men too, your orgasm, your pleasure is your responsibility. And of course, you got to talk about it, work on it with your partner. But here's something for women I, we wanted to share today. And I love these tips because the way we can close the orgasm gap, as it were, we talk a lot about the orgasm gap on this show, which is like a real gap. And that is that, you know, men are more likely to orgasm during sex. But men orgasm, it's like six minutes, seven minutes, and women take like 18 to 22. Right. So there's that gap. And how do we close that gap? So let me, let me go through some specific tips here that might help you out. Because some of these, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm seeing my guy tonight because I'm going to do some of these grinding. Like, you forget, even though I know all the tips. So listen to these, you guys. Well, first of all, let me say this. Okay, I just wanted to jump in right here and just mention the fact that this kind of goes to prove that size does not entirely matter because obviously if penetrative sex is not what's causing orgasms then why would the size of the penis matter right just wanted to reiterate that because this big dick energy that's going around drives me crazy and I was thinking this morning big dicks are like big boobs. You know, they they symbolize fertility. So they they visually QS in onto somebody's fertility, like high testosterone or high estrogen, but really it doesn't matter. You know, yeah, big boobs are going to hold a lot of milk. You know, who cares? Big dicks are going to get closer to the cervix to shoot the sperm. But really at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter that much. Okay, end of rant. We have to stop faking orgasms. It is sabotaging our sex lives as women. And the reason I get why we do it, like women fake orgasms because we realize, A, we're just not going to get there. It's not going to happen. Pounding away, whatever's going on, we just know. And we just... That's something else. That when men say that they gave you an orgasm in case you didn't know boys just gonna say a lot of a woman's orgasm is comes from her mind so there's a lot of concentrating that you need to do to be able to get there and if you can't concentrate if you're distracted you're just really in your head you can't have an orgasm and a lot of times like that's why um, a lot of women will get quiet right before they have their orgasm because they're concentrating really hard on on how it feels instead of as how does their body look and 
did they do the laundry and did they pay the water bill? All of these kinds of things. So a lot of it is mental and has nothing to do with you whatsoever. It's not like a dick where you just can stroke it and it's gonna come, you know, like women really have to be there mentally. I almost totally forgot to mention about antidepressants because this also goes to show how the brain is involved here and men can't really give a woman an orgasm. I was taking an antidepressant a few years ago and it was really messing with me, but whatever. And I was having sex with my husband and I noticed that I would get just about to orgasm and then nothing would happen. But just like you're on a roller coaster and you get just to the top, but then you would just get stuck there and never be able to come down. And that was the most weird, frustrating feeling. And it really kind of scared me because I was like, wow, this shit is really fucking with my mind, my brain chemistry, you know? And so the next day I immediately got a hold of my doctor and switched to something else because I wasn't going to be having that. That wasn't cool. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that that can really affect orgasms as well. But more often we do it because we don't want our partners to feel bad that they don't get us there. We know it's not going to happen. And we know that guys can be oriented towards feeling great when our partners do. So they're going to feel bad and then we're going to have to explain it. And then we feel something's wrong with us that we can't. Like, we don't think it's their fault. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a crazy thing to be like, I'm going to fake this orgasm to make you feel like you pleased me so that you feel good. And <laughs> I'll feel good about the fact that you feel good. But right. at the same time, I'm like, but we're not getting an orgasm. Right. So it's... It just, it doesn't make sense, but in the female brain, because most of us do it, like, it makes sense for some reason. It makes sense in that moment, right. In that moment, we just, we, it's like a quick fix, but it's really not, because I think it's also, it's bad for us, but it's also bad for your partners, because then your partners are thinking, oh, I am the king of the universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I just got this, I can't believe how many orgasms she's had. I had a woman on my show years ago, like, it was one of my first shows, so like 14 years ago, and she was like, I have to confess something to Emily. I'm like, what, what? She's like, not only do I fake orgasms, I fake multiple orgasms. So she got into this thing with a guy she was dating and she had to fake it three times each time she had sex. So How like, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> And she did it on the air, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. And then that guy was just like, I <laughs> am so good. My penis is magic. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That's terrible. It is terrible. Can you imagine? What, what a pickle she got herself into. So um, The wrong pickle. The wrong pickles. <laughs> she had the wrong pickles. Too many pickles. I don't know. But, but like, I think that my point here is let's rethink. <laughs> so many pickles. So little Sorry. time. <laughs> Oh, we are having way too much fun here today. Maybe it's the rain. I don't know. So I think changing the way that you think that you're supposed to orgasm with your partner is going to help you make it happen more often. And we did talk, I loved yesterday's show, if you guys missed it, it'll be on the app, about the myths that we talked a lot about myths. And this was one of the top myths that this is how sex is going to happen. It should just happen this way. But I realized, like, we told you a bunch of myths, but now I'm going to give you some tips to get those orgasms. And don't worry, guys, this is going to benefit you too, I promise. So this is more about using a penis 
and your pelvis as a woman as, as a pleasure tool in his pelvis. So it's rubbing and stimulating your clitoris with and against his appendage. Mm. Appendage. I'd rather just say penis. But his appendage. Um, okay, so, and this is not selfish at all. I mean, actually, I would love guys, you know, call in with any of your comments on this and any of your questions, 888-947-8277. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that your partner, let's say if you're with a guy, he's going to be psyched that you get off. And so we're going to teach you how to take it. So how to get that orgasm. So first of all, think about what you actually need and you might not even know yet what kind of position you need like but there's certain like so try it out there's certain positions techniques or certain pressures and paces and headspace that you need to be in to get that orgasm so you got to be proactive you got to like go after it so like how do i put pressure on my clitoris like how do i do what how do i move in a way that i need to to have an orgasm and hopefully you have a partner i'm not saying this is like on the down low like you're not telling them like i you're doing it yeah like you're not like i'm gonna use your penis secretly as my own private dildo (laughs) appendage like super appendage no we're not saying that we're saying like actually it's great if you have a partner you can talk you know to this you can talk to them about this but think about this instead of him penetrating use his penis as a masturbatory masturbatory tool so- i just want to jump in here and say that that is the key for women to really take the time to move around different and see what feels good for you because the traditional just pounding away usually is not going to work out great for him not so much for you. When I first did this with somebody that I was with who was very small and that's why I had to do it is because up until that point I had been with people who are either an average size or very large and so that's what I was used to and then so the first time that I had sex with this guy who we're calling Dick by the way because he's a dick um I was on top and I was like, oh my God, because you couldn't go up and down in the regular way that you would because he would fall out because it was small. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking in my head, right? Like how, how do I do this? How is this going to work? How is this going to even feel good? What, what is even happening? But So I just started moving around in different ways. And then I realized, wait, when I get at this angle, this feels really good. And if I move like this, this feels really good. Okay. So I started doing that and I had five or six orgasms that night. Never had that happen before. Like that night changed my life sexually, like affected me for the rest of forever in how I have sex or how I like to have sex. So it really is just about finding what feels good for you. And men have to get it out of their heads as well that there's nothing wrong with us because we're not moving how the porn stars move, okay? The porn stars are moving in a way that is aesthetically pleasing to the camera to get a good shot. It's not what feels good to them. I don't know why men don't understand that porn is fake, but they're simple people. But, you know, it's fake 
and that's not how it works. And if we had proper sex education, this wouldn't be an issue, but alas. Anyways, back to sex with Emily. If you're on top, use lots of lube. You should always use so much lube. I haven't mentioned lube bit yet today, so use lots of lube. I know, it's been 10 minutes. It's no been 10 talk. minutes. And, oh, has it been 10 minutes already? Look at the time flies when you haven't talked about lube. So use lots of lube and um, sliding up and down, letting it rub against your clitoris when you're on top. So you don't have to even do penetration. So you could just rub your clitoris back and forth. Oh, okay. So you're saying that, like, the you, the, the woman, she's sitting on top of the penis, but the penis is not inside of her. Exactly. Okay. So you're still getting that clitoral stimulation with lube because that's going to help you even get more lubricated. And even if you're lubricated, it's going to keep you there. And you're rubbing, yeah, you're, you're letting it rub against your clitoris. So if he's on top, see, I like this one because for me, this is a lot of ways I learned to orgasm. If he's on top, for many women, keeping their legs squeezed tightly shut well, you're, well, you're like, your legs are closed, you're on the bottom, and he's rubbing his pre-lubed penis on top of you. So he's still entering, I love this pre-lubed penis, um, <laughs> between your legs and your vulva grazing the clitoris. So there's no penetration with those techniques, if that makes sense. So you're just using it. It's your toy. It's your thing. And then... This is also great for people who have vaginal pain and can't have vaginal intercourse. This is an alternative. We also talk about... Um, you could penetrate in stages. So a big theme here that we talk about often is that sex isn't linear. It shouldn't just be one thing. And it's probably not the way you've always been having sex. So this is about using controlled thrusts that allow for a deeper penetration of the G-spot. So the G-spot is that internal orgasm that you can have. So I think, again, this is how I used to think you have sex. I don't, you know, probably in porn or however I saw it, is that when I was on top, I was supposed to keep going up and down. You know how you see them bouncing up and down and rubbing back and forth and back and forth? This is more about, which makes total sense, you jump on top, put the head of his penis inside of you, you stop, and then in a smooth motion, you slide to the bottom of a shaft. So you're sliding back. Mm. So you put it in, and then you're on top, and you slide. And then you slowly mm. pull, pull up again. Does this make sense? Yeah. I often don't talk about positions a lot because I feel like it can be, I mean, I do, but I feel like it can be confusing for people. But what I'm saying is, so you're on top, you're sliding forward, and then you stay there for 10 seconds while you're grinding, but you are pumping your kegel muscles. Yes. So that is a key factor. For women, we talk a lot about doing your kegels to have, you know, I have an iPhone app called Kegel Camp. That's how fiercely important I think they are to remind you to do them. So you squeeze those muscles. It's those pee-stopping muscles when you stop and start the flow of urine. So that's what they are. And you squeeze it around his shaft when you're on top. Just the head of the penis, slide back down, squeeze, slide back up. So it's a... I think that that is really good advice because I think that that is also the advantage of a smaller penis. Gotta love it when your audio cuts out on you while you're ranting about G-spots and kegel muscles. Um, anyways, what I was saying was that uh, the advantage of a smaller penis is that there is more the advantage of a smaller penis is that there's more focus on or there's more room for you to squeeze your muscles 
uh, you know, a big penis just going in and out is just bypassing your G-spot when a shorter one is going to be more likely to hit up against it. And the less girth there is, the more room you have to squeeze, the more of a contraction you can make. A, a thicker penis is not going to give you that much grip, I guess you could say. Because so, the more you can squeeze, the more sensation you're going to feel. So squeezing tight or pushing out really helps add sensation. And sorry, but the smaller the penis, the more sensation you're going to get from that. But um, pushing out, that's how I first squirted and, and knew that it, that could even happen because I was pushing out with this guy to create more of instance of a sensation and uh and by pushing out poof I squirted surprise you know um so yeah just muscles are key using your muscles why this works is because the g-spot doesn't necessarily get stimulated by a thrusting fast in and out mm -hmm. it's more of a deeper so by like slowing down your sex and using your kegel muscles like while you're on top and squeezing squeezing at the top squeezing at the bottom it feels great for the guy feels great for you I'm taking mental notes. Are you? Does this, right? Right? No, I mean, I wish you could see her, like, hand I'm movements like, are, like, perfectly doing, doing it. This is when we should have the Instagram live. We had one last night, you guys. It's at Sex with Emily. I think it's still up if you want to check it out. But we will be doing that more often. So, um, and then there's the, um, holding. Okay, so another thing is if you want to hold your partner's bottom. So let's say he's on top of you. Because I love missionary. I got to be honest. Missionary gets a bad rap for being boring and stuff. But if he's... And I don't think it is because there's so many variations. Like we were talking, put a pillow under your butt to lift you mm -hmm. up. There's different angles. There's different motions. There's different pressures. But when he's on top of you, you can grab his butt and pull him close to you. Like pull him closer into you because what we're talking about is getting more of that clitoral pressure that we all. Also, if you do that and pull him into you, but at the same time, raise your butt up and press into him so your pelvis is kind of pressed together, that also creates more attention on the clit. Like pull him closer into you because what we're talking about is getting more of that clitoral pressure that we all need for orgasm. We require it and that's why we're not having the orgasms oftentimes during intercourse. Why only 20 to 30% of women do. So these are all positions to get that clitoral stimulation. I don't think I touched my clitoris for the first four years of having sex, to be completely honest. Never touched it. And did you have Same. orgasms? No. Same. So there you so go. Then, and then you figure, <laughs> right, because we didn't, who tells us? We just thought it was a magical penis and vagina and then fireworks. Yep. No, exactly. And I was having good sex. Like, I always enjoyed penetration. I just didn't. I just, I think I fooled myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm orgasming. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. Right. But I, I wasn't really until I felt one and I was like, oh. Oh, I get it. Hello, orgasm. Yeah. And then there's the um, climaxing. You know, when you want to climax when he's inside of you, it's really about, um, if you want that, have your partner get you out first. So it's lots of oral. It's using your toys, using your fingers. And maybe you already, women already have an orgasm or they're about to have an orgasm and then penetrate. Mm -hmm. So again, it comes back to foreplay and the it all comes back to the clitoris. Because I'm going to be honest here, sometimes I want to rename the G-spot. 
like the small C spot or something, because mm-hmm. it's connect. A lot of it is connected and nerve endings. So a lot of women who might think they're having an internal, it could just be because there's the nerve endings inside. Clitoris, clitoris. 2.0. Clitoris 2.0. Thank you. That's a good one. So lots of lube, lots of clitoris, lots of fun things and a vibrator. I hope that that was helpful for everybody, men and women, because I just think that that episode was really, just really good and really informative. And I think that, um, I just, the message that what the sex you see in porn and on TV is not representative of how sex should be going down and that we really need to be teaching pleasure in sex education and how that pleasure is how we get there because women don't know their own bodies and men don't know women's bodies and it's just it's like we're just having sex in the dark so to speak it's it's ridiculous it's unnecessary for us to be I feel like women just waste their 20s just being masturbatory aids for men you know, we get very little out of it, maybe some oral here and there, but really we don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going on. It's not their fault. You know, it's, I think, you know, the way we're educated and we really need to change it. So anyways, go check out Emily's show. She's just seems very, very sweet and just, you learn a lot. Okay, so I think that that's it for this episode. I did want to go in more detail about Dick and his penis and just penises in general and what I've learned from them. But I'm going to save that for next episode. So next episode is going to be the Dick episode and it's going to be um, a little bit about that guy. I don't want to give him too much attention because he's on my shit list right now. Um, but... I also just want to talk about cock worship and, you know, the differences and what they mean for me as a woman and also about circumcision. So I just kind of want to just focus on that for a whole nother episode and just keep this one more orgasm related. Uh, I don't think I'm going to dive into my DMs today because most of the stuff in there that I've seen so far is not necessarily questions or relevant questions anyways. They're more dumb questions like, are you single? Do you want to chat? Stuff like that. So editing here and I just wanted to answer a few things, a few questions here. So let me find it. Hold, please. Okay. So someone asked me the best sex I ever had. See the best sex or what made it the best. And basically I explained that in this episode when I was talking about that first night with the small, with the small penis person, um, was one of the best, most of the, oh gosh, probably say the best sex times were with him, but just because it was always about me, my pleasure, me feeling good, 
like, and I felt comfortable with him to kind of do what I wanted to do. I think that up until then, I was, sex was just very focused on the guy and what I thought he wanted me to do. And so switching that over to worry about myself was really liberating and yeah, just changed the way I think about sex. And then they said, uh, what would one find in your search history? So I don't know if he's replying to when I said the quickest way to a man's truth is through his computer or about the Dan Savage episode where uh, the guy was, the girlfriend caught the guy masturbating to pictures of his ex-girlfriend on social media. So I'm not sure which one he's talking about, but I'm going to cover both of those. First of all, my search history you'd find all sorts of things in my search history. Trust me. Like, I mean, I'm constantly researching sex, so there's some interesting shit in there for sure. Um, but as far as like the X thing, cause then after I posted that, I listened to the episode of Sa the Savage Love Cast where Dan Savage actually replied to this lady's question about her ex masturbating to his ex or to her ugh, about her boyfriend masturbating to his exes. And he was talking about, you know, either people think about the past. The pre was it him? I listen to so many sex podcasts. I'm getting them all mixed up. It was either him or Sex with Emily was talking about. They either masturbate to stuff that happened in the past, like the spank bank, or the future. And like, what do you think when you masturbate? Who do you think about when you masturbate? And then I was thinking, who? what do I think about when I masturbate? Who do I think about? I don't think of any person. Probably have here and there, but I never think of a celebrity or any of my exes that's just so strange I rather masturbate thinking about a stranger but usually I don't think about anybody I just think about how it feels I just concentrate on the feeling the sensation I don't really think of scenarios or people unless I was like watching porn or something so I thought it was interesting I wonder if that's weird I don't know but yeah that's the answer to that question I also got this question that I did not reply to and let me reiterate here. I am not a doctor, a psychiatrist, a therapist, none of that. I think I know everything, but I have no degree to back that up. So this person sent in something that really um, was interesting. Let me find it. Okay, here it is. Okay. So he says, and I'm not going to say who he is. I will never say who you are if you send me something. Okay. So um, he says, not sure why I stopped by your page to tell you this. Maybe because, and this guy could totally be trolling me. I have no idea. But anyways, maybe because you're well-educated about sexuality, chemistry, and aspects. And I'd finally 
find someone who doesn't judge me and just respect my wishes. My mother lost her confidence after she was a head of accounting with IRS and, and such a happy person. I, she was under so much mental abuse from my dad and lost confidence fully in herself. And to it, he cheated on her more than once. I'm going to tell you a secret and I don't know why the hell I'm saying it, but maybe really I just don't like to hide it. I care for my mom so much as my mother, but her confidence and sexiness, I care for it on another level. Because me and her have a secret relationship, not only physically, but deeply emotional. Been for a couple of years. I don't know how and why. Found ourselves in this place and too hard to leave it. M me and my wife are in an open relationship until we want, want to finally commit with someone else. I don't really understand what that means, but we are hoping for mom's divorce since we can't make documents or share it widely public. We want to make a small wedding with close circle of friends and be together forever. That's me. I'm 35. My mom's 54. Okay, so obviously you can see why I would not want to respond to that because that's not that I'm judging it or think that it's creepy. I mean, I do think it's creepy, but at the same time, like whatever you want to do, dude, do. But where I kind of like to filter things is we're made well I mean we're made to have this sexual drive to be able to reproduce that is the purpose of our life is to you know eat sleep and have sex that's what we're supposed to be doing and there are certain and there are certain things that come into play to keep us from wanting to reproduce with family members because it's not good for our gene pool to propagate the species it it's bad for us as a species to do that so there are certain biological things in place to keep us from doing that um, smells for example um, women are oftentimes put off by the smell of their father etc so I think that there's something a miss there that is not psychologically okay. There is this thing, which I'm not positive if that's what's going on here, but there is a thing called enmeshment where parents put their children in the space of their spouse. And I think that that's what's going on right there. Uh, I would definitely definitely recommend that this person go to therapy the mother as well so much you know they're not gonna yeah they, they might judge you inside their head but they're not gonna say anything mean to you and they're gonna help work that out because I think that there's something very just psychologically wrong with it you know there's something's up 
I can't even imagine wanting to. I have a stepson. I don't even have a natural born child son. And I still wouldn't, couldn't see that happening. You know, there's a reason that that feeling is there. It's the same reason as like, it's kind of weird for um, parents and children to talk to each other about sex. Some of that's cultural, yes, but I think some of it is also just weird on a biological basis, you know? Um, so yeah, I just wanted to read that because I thought it, it was really interesting and I hope that that person is listening and that they do uh, seek some therapy because it's definitely not a healthy thing for sure. And I think that you would be, I'm sure you love your mom, and I think you would be doing her justice by getting her um, some help. Because, I, you know, something's going on with her that she needs to get fixed. That's the best I can say about that. That's just, that's way beyond my scope, okay? <laughs> so if anybody has any questions that are a little less um, intense, I mean, send me what you want, but... If you want to send me a question, because I can't, I would love to just talk to everybody, but it's gotten to the point now where I can't because people want to have full-on conversations and I can't have full-on conversations with 50 people at a time. It just isn't going to work. So if you put just, hey, I have a question, that way I can see it right away and then I'll open and allow it other than that I'm not gonna because I'm not it's not tender dude I'm not here to look for a date I'm not here to hook up especially because you know I I do label myself as a cougar but then I have these young guys like messaging me like I need young dick I don't need young dick it's everywhere okay everywhere people throwing it at you okay it's not needed. I'll ask for it if I want it, but just calm down. It's getting overwhelming. <laughs> no, but and I, I did have another guy send me a request for, uh, what was I even calling it? I was going to say judge his penis. Evaluate it. I don't know. Grade it, which is fine, but put that right in the, um, right in your first message so I can see what you're up to and that you're not wasting my time. Um, I will still do that. I, I find that entertaining to do actually. So if you want to send me your dick pics for judgment, go right ahead, but just let me know that that's what you're doing. If I do get a interesting question in between now and when I finish editing, then I will include it. Also, I am going to start writing more and just because I want to practice it and I want to just do more just sexual commentary because I do think that I have a unique view that other people don't have on a lot of things. So basically, this is just me practicing that and playing around with that and playing around with ideas. Um, so to do that, I'm just going to be re-watching Sex and the City every single episode and giving my commentary on the situations that are presented in the episodes, um, what Carrie's investigating and what she does and what the show kind of tries to portray. 
So if you're not interested in that, like I know a lot of guys probably aren't, which you should be because that's how you're going to get the ladies is to understand how they think, but whatever. Um, that will be on my blog if you're interested. If you're not, fuck off. I don't know. Um, also, just a reminder to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to it. Do all of the things that you can do. You can go support me on Patreon, but now there's scandal with Patreon. I don't even know what's going to happen with that. Um, still, dollar a month. I might um, have a different thing. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just playing around with some stuff, trying some things out. We'll see. We're just waiting for this year to start clipping along so I can get my equipment and get things rolling on a more professional level. Also, I think I'm going to do a YouTube video. I don't know. Tell me what you guys think about that. It's kind of a lot of work. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll shut up now. All right. Bye.